is a special edition of Late Night Health. We are at Supply Side West in Las Vegas, and we're getting some interviews, as we've been doing, with thought leaders throughout the industry of supplements. Uh, our guest uh, is Anand Swaroop, and he is Dr. Swaroop, but I'm going to call him Anand. Is that okay? That's totally okay. All right. Tell me about your background, first of all. So Mark, um, uh, I am a scientist by training. Uh, I spent 25 years of my, yeah, of my life, early life learning about science. Um, I earned um, MS in biochemistry and a PhD in chemistry uh, related to uh, muscle science uh, back in India. Uh, so I started as a scientist, never uh, thought that I'd end up uh, running an industry. Uh, I thought I'm just going to be somewhere in uh, academia, teaching or doing research, but the, you know, the fate has it. Uh, I started my career in pharmaceuticals. 15 years I was part of the red, red race out there where we, I was doing you know, research, and, uh, production, quality control, and... Was there a light switch that you went on, a light switch that went on and said, I belong in the supplement industry? Yeah, that uh, realization came to me somewhere 15 years down uh, my career in pharmaceuticals. Uh, one fine day I realized that uh, we are doing research or finding things or doing things only to cure the symptoms. Nobody's actually looking at the reality that why people get sick. And that, that kind of, you know, just woke me up and uh, I left my job. Uh, it was a very nice career and, and my boss told me that you're doing a mistake. Uh, I took that plunge, um, you know, started a lab uh, bringing in plants uh, from different areas uh, of India, from Africa, and dissecting them to, in my lab to figure out what's inside. If they're working in traditional knowledge, why they're working. Did your family say, go for it? Or were they a little nervous? Uh, they were said that you, you, you lost your mind. Uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody have done business in this family. We are people who work for others and you know, make a living. Uh, it, it's, you'll fail. And uh, I thought, uh, I was 37 years old. I, I thought, now or never. You have, uh, you have uh, other initials after your PhD. Uh, yeah, that is uh, FACN, stands for Fellow of uh, American College of Nutrition. Uh, that uh, is a kind of honorary uh, degree which is, is uh, you know, given to you once you have done some, uh, some research work on, on, and published a lot of papers on nutrition science. Uh, is your experience that the industry, uh, the nutrition industry is what I'm going to call it, supplements, natural products of all kinds, I mean, uh, even, you know, I always get a kick out of organic fabrics. I, I don't know why I get a kick out of that. I don't understand it. I'm just going to stick it on my skin and keep me warm. Um, but this whole natural industry, do you think it's growing and that the American people, because we're here in America, but people throughout the world are looking for more natural supplements, more natural foods? Absolutely. Um, if you see the entire premise of, of natural industry, be it your food, be it your, what you wear, be it what you use, and, and if it is closer to nature, it actually plays a part of our culture, our lives, it's intertwined. Uh, 
if you look at human history, uh, we were nobodies, you know, a few billion years ago, a few million years ago, dinosaurs time and everything. And, and then humans become apex predator. We are not the strongest on earth. We are not the, the biggest on earth. And we are sitting in the top of the food chain. Seven billion people and growing. So we must have learned something on the way which was right. Uh, a right food, a food which is sourced from the local source because we cannot really transport food in those days. And we learned some, some knowledge, some traditional knowledge, which has been passed on by generations that if you do that, you survive and you thrive. So that's why I think this natural and, and concept of being eating natural, wearing natural is so close to us because it's intertwined with your life, with your rituals, with your culture. Be it America, be it Asia, be it you know, Oceania or, or South America, it's all the same. It's, it's all part of our lives. We all, we all have to eat. Yep. We all want to be, and we all want to be healthy. Um, let's talk about your company, and it's, I'm going to, Sepam? That's correct. Sepam, okay, and we're going to talk about Sepam Sense. But you're using AI in the development of products? Is that how that works? AI. AI, by the way, is artificial intelligence. Absolutely. Something so. that I've been accused of having myself. <laughs> Yeah, so AI uh, or artificial intelligence, or, or you know, it's, it's an over-incapacity term, as you know, the different definitions out there. But what we're doing, we're using uh, a bunch of computers uh, to do things which are harder to do by humans. Or, you know, we need more man hours. Uh, we let the machine do it. Uh, in the case of natural uh, products or natural living or anything which is connected to traditional knowledge, it has got a tremendous, tremendous application. Uh, if you see, when I was talking about the traditional knowledge which is passed on by different generations, some of this traditional knowledge is written, it's in the text. It could be in different languages or different ways in different part of the world. And these texts are enormous. Uh, we, you know, I think we have not even read them completely uh, as a humankind. Uh, because first you need to have that language ability to understand them. Most of them are written in almost like riddles. Uh, you know, something, it works for you. And then how it works, you have to figure it out. A riddle would be something like, there was a boy in Nantucket. Well, I better not finish that. Um, what does SIPM uh, uh, do? What, what do you so create? We, what have you created? So we, what we create is that we look at traditional knowledge. We use modern scientific tools to really examine them, that how they work. For example, we say, you know, ginger works for your gastric reflux. Uh, that's a known fact out there. What we did, we took ginger, we broke it down to its components, and in consumers, ginger oil, shagals, eight shagals, the different peaks, different compounds. And then we studied those compounds, that how they interact with your gastric system, what enzymes you have, how they're going to interact, how they're going to basically shut down your H2 pump, which basically produces extra acid in your stomach. So I use my training as a scientist in pharma and apply them on the side of nutraceuticals. And that's what CIFAM is doing. We, we have a big lab in Fulton, Maryland, where we maintain human cell lines. We can make uh, custom DNA and protein pairs. And then we use all this knowledge and examine the biochemicals coming out of the plants how they interact with your body. So, uh, you know, I take a, a ginger supplement, mm -hmm. okay? 
for a number of things. It, it can be used for uh, pain relief. Uh, there's so many different things. I think depression uh, can also be used as for gut health. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, t I take some some ginger. I cook with a lot of ginger mm -hmm. because it, it tastes good. Yep. Can I just cook with ginger? You can't eat the ginger root because that's too strong. Too strong. Could I cook with enough ginger to supplement me? Or absolutely, not? because you can. absolutely because the, the the active parts of ginger, they're almost indestructible. Ginger oils yeah. are you can just turn a heat up, and they remain the same. They, they don't change too much. Even if they change to a kind of different isomer, they are still going to have the same effect on your body. So that's why you see typical Eastern South Asian uh, cooking is very much heavy on ginger. And, and that's again a traditional knowledge. Sure. Pe people eat hot food with ginger, uh, still don't get the upset stomach. So there you go. Well, and, and as everybody knows, I'm a big foodie. I try to eat as natural as I can. I do very, you know, once in a while there's a hot dog or something. But for the most part, I eat fairly healthy. I love I love Indian food, uh, food from Sri Lanka, uh, from that part of, uh, of Asia, Chinese, uh, 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 Korean, uh, Japanese, you name it, I eat it. It's just I love all of that. And many of these have garlic and, and ginger, ginger in their products or in, in their foods. Is, is that enough or do I need to supplement, I guess? It's, it all depends on you know your individual requirement. Sometimes, um, if you're eating um, uh, some natural food which with ingredients which are uh, bioactive, um, they're good. But then, if you feel that you're not actually getting enough benefits, you, you still have, say, reflux, um, acid reflux. So then you should, you know, consider taking a supplement of Got that. It. But if it's working with the food, uh, that's the best way. And and CPAM. Uh, works with other with manufacturers to in, include your your uh, ingredients into their products correct yes. so that that's our basic business so research was one part once we find the product which is working and we we have the basis behind how it works uh, then we send it to our manufacturing facilities which are based in India and in Uganda these are the two, two places we have our manufacturing where we scale them up uh, most of the the time because the raw material comes either from Africa, very biodiverse, or Asia, which is again very biodiverse. So uh, just to save that, you know, uh, kind of transport cost and, and leave our carbon footprint smaller, we, we manufacture there and then we bring in our ingredients to the U.S. And that has been sold to different brands who put in their products. Um, Ayurvedic medicine was started in India. It's, it's an ancient healing system. How much does that uh, work with uh, the CPAM um, uh, uh, philosophy? So we look at ancient systems of, of medicine uh, which are, are out there and we try to look at things which are documented. Ayurveda is one of them. Uh, we also look at TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. We look at uh, parts of uh, uh, South American uh, medicine, which is available in literature. Uh, we look at uh, modern ethnobotanists who are actually looking at the plants in uh, Peruvian Amazonian forests. And we just try to use all this knowledge available to us to look for the actives, how they work, and then create new remedies. 
What is on the horizon for you? So I, I think the, the, on the positive side, uh, I'm looking at AI uh, to, to, to be used in this entire uh, journey because there the machine learning uh, or the AI uh, can help us to decipher the tremendous amount of knowledge we have out there. Uh, written text uh, from in different languages, Chinese, Sanskrit, Pali, Hindi, uh, uh, or, or Spanish, or, or older Incan uh, texts. If there are methods available which can translate all these mm -hmm. things quickly, and they, they don't do the literal translation, you understand that what's behind them. And, to, and then use AI to decipher and ask questions to AI that I want uh, say I want a legume uh, which is good for very high protein can be grown in a temperate climate. So what it does now, AI has got all the data de deciphered in the system. Once you ask this qu pointed question, it will go through different species where they describe where they've been traditionally growing and now gonna basically give you 10 that options. Is, that's amazing. It's it's just mind boggling. And, and it takes less time for the AI than a human. A human will take, can do the same thing, will take maybe 100 years. Wow. When AI takes over my job, I'm going to cry. Um, do you think AI is going to uh, uh, become more and more prevalent through not only the uh, supplement industry, but in industries in general? I think AI will be everywhere. Uh, I look at AI as a very smart assistant, uh, you know, super a smart assistant, a tool, it's a tool. And I think for anything, um, uh, for any tool out there, uh, software or, or hardware tools, it again depends on the intent. Uh, if we come in with a good intent to use it on a very positive side, it, it can really enhance uh, your power to look at data. Uh, you can enhance your power to analyze the data. Uh, there are flip sides to everything out there. But then I think, by and large, so far what we, have, we are looking at, what we're using this for, is for good intent. I think that uh, you know, there are AIs that are, are writing copy, writing commercials and stories, and telling jokes. I, I'm fascinated, I really it's, am. It's, it's, it's fascinating, and you know, it, this also tells you that as humans, how much less creative we have we have become in the last hundred years. If we have been more creative, AI just learns from our own data. So what we created in the last hundred years, if this remains the same, then AI can decipher and create something out of that. But if we have more creative, if we have more time on our hand, if we don't do the work which AI is going to do for us, I think that is going to leave us to the next stage of our development uh, you know, as a humankind, where we are going to look, to, to, to look at data more, and be more creative with the data. We create more stuff out there, and with the help of AI. We're just going to use AI to actually decipher, help us out in our journey to evolve further. I just, uh, I just watched uh, an old Twilight Zone where the, uh, the computer, they didn't call it an AI, they, it was a computer, and it was as big as a, 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 you know, a house, it was huge. And, um, the, uh, the scientist who developed it was having uh, problems, uh, romantic problems, and uh, the computer um, helped him. Uh, it turned out that the computer actually loved the guy who created him and did
didn't want him to be successful with women. But anyway, that's a story for another time. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, this all again, we are, we are looking at algorithm. Right. Uh, it's everything which we do, there's a rhythm to it. There's a pattern to it. Sometimes, because of we all are different out here, it's very difficult to predict, but there's a pattern to every behavior. Machines are very smart. They can sniff it and they can tell you. And they can tell jokes. <laughs> they can tell jokes too, absolutely <laughs> right. Anand, thank you very much for your time. Um, uh, look forward to our you know, future uh, conversations absolutely as right. you, uh, you and your AI. Do you, does your AI have a name? No, absolutely not. I'm using public tools. So oh, okay. We're not, we're not going to create anything out there. Uh, we just use whatever is available out there. Uh, you know, there are beautiful engines, uh, what we call engines. DALI, uh, you know, there's several out there, but we, we use DALI. Uh, it's D-A-L-L-Y, DALI, DALI. It, it's the little engine that could. Anand, thank you very much for uh, spending some time with us here on Late Night Health. Uh, our guest has been uh, Dr. Anand Swaru uh, from uh, CPAM. That's great. And uh, we appreciate it and look forward to uh, uh, talking to you as you have new developments. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you very thank you. much. Uh, I'm Mark Allen, and uh, this is Late Night Health.